Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is a podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist, also keynote and TEDx speaker, and author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's the place to learn all about rejuvenating as well as other aspects of positive psychology, wellness, and it's also the place where you can communicate with me and even suggest guests for future podcasts. As listeners to the podcast know, my hope is to always bring you guests who lead their own lives enthusiastically and have different ways of helping us to become the best versions of ourselves. We try and present this from various aspects each week, hopefully having somebody who has kind of a new spin on helping us become, again, the best versions of ourselves. And uh, we really have a terrific guest today, really looking forward to my conversation with uh, Marcus Bales, who is an author and public speaker. And the what his latest book is called Don't Shut Up. I thought uh, I, I was really happy to hear the title as, as someone who does podcasts, a couple of FaceTime lives a week, sends out notices and so on. More used to having people tell me, you know, why don't you shut up, take a vacation for a couple of weeks, and you know, we're hearing enough of you. So uh, when I heard "Don't shut up," I thought that might be directed at me, but it actually is is more general than that. Marcus is an award-winning professional speaker, author, and coach, specializing in get this social anxiety. What's interesting is that. As a child, he suffered from severe social anxiety, and so he really knows how difficult it is to overcome. In his new book, Don't Shut Up, Marcus breaks down exactly how he overcame his social anxiety and can help all of us to deal with this very common uh, occurrence that I'm sure rings a bell with a lot of people. And so with that as an introduction, Marcus, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Looking forward to learning from you. Ron, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks again for having me. Well, social anxiety, uh, I know, is something that, that various people specialize in. But I never assumed that one of the background elements that gets the person that way is to have to deal with social anxiety themselves. So, Marcus, how about if you tell us a little bit about your journey from being a socially anxious child to being somebody who can help others overcome the problem? Absolutely. So I've struggled with social anxiety my entire life. Uh, as a child, it was almost debilitating how nervous I would get to speak in front of others to the point where I was actually you know, restricted in school, not only in my peer groups, but also in my classes. So in sixth grade, I was actually labeled a special needs student and was placed in special reading classes because I was so nervous that I couldn't read out loud to my teachers or classmates. 
So they determined that because I couldn't read out loud, it meant that I couldn't read at all. So I was placed in these special reading classes, and it was humiliating for me. Uh, as someone who knew that they could read, I just couldn't do so out loud. And it wasn't until the end of sixth grade when my mother noticed that I was reading a book to my younger brother before bed that she made the realization that maybe he can read. He's just so nervous in front of other people that he, he can't speak out loud. So she went to my teacher and said, hey, you need to give him a silent reading test. And sure enough, I scored right within the normal range for my grade. And that was kind of the defining moment as a child that made me realize I needed to become a better speaker and I needed to learn how to articulate my thoughts and ideas to other people or I would continue to get left behind. So that, begin, that began the journey to overcoming social anxiety. And I won't say that you know in sixth grade, I had this big epiphany moment and I changed everything about myself, but it really was the start. And throughout my adolescence, I got better at speaking. I researched social anxiety and many great speakers before me and just started to slowly get better each and every year. And then after I graduated from high school, I wanted to continue pursuing you know, my passion of overcoming social anxiety even farther. I had kind of grasped personal communication, you know, one-on-one -on -one with my peers or small groups, but large format, you know, public speeches still terrified me. So I started to push myself eventually, you know, becoming a DJ because I wanted to break into the music industry and was performing at larger shows and needed to be on the mic occasionally. And eventually I found a, a friend or a mentor and now friend who brought me in as one of their corporate DJs. And I eventually became an MC. And soon enough, I was speaking at you know, conferences and corporate parties every single weekend to hundreds or thousands of people. And through that repetition, it slowly became more and more natural. I started to really enjoy being on stage. And that's what eventually led me to pursue a career in professional speaking. And now I've, I've decided that it's the time I've, I've absorbed as much as I can. And I want to start passing that along to other people who felt the same anxiety that I did for so many years. Well, that's, that's quite an amazing story. I guess I, I'm wondering as I'm hearing it, I mean, I've, Worked with a lot of people and experienced some things on my own with regard to uh, things that may have been fearful at one time, like uh, swimming or skiing or stuff like that. I know for for myself or using the computer uh, for a lot of people that once they kind of master it, for example, once I became comfortable skiing or using the computer, I still never wanted to become a, a an IT professional or a, you know take on the the highest mountains or the the most difficult challenges. What led to that next step of not saying, okay, I you know I'm not socially anxious anymore. I can meet other people. I can be comfortable. Wasn't there any hesitancy about putting yourself on the line on a, on just a regular basis and putting yourself into situations? where you're really challenging the social anxiety on a regular basis, as opposed to becoming a normal person without social anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. And I had a lot of kind of back and forth uh, throughout the years of saying, well, do I really want to keep going? Do I want to push myself. 
And then I look back and I see how far I've come. And it made me really want to continue. And I had a lot that I thought was important to say. So it made sense to keep going and to see how far I could go. Because rarely do you hear about a professional speaker who started with social anxiety. So I thought, man, that would be so inspirational to kids who were, who were just like me, to be able to see someone like them succeeding and being a professional speaker, even if they never want to get to that level. It gives hope to, to a lot of people. That's terrific. Um, and just so I'm sure that we're not assuming that, that we know a definition that we may not. Uh, I know for for many of us, for myself, for example, if I uh, am going to uh, some type of affair where I don't know many people, or if I'm invited to an event and uh, I know I'll be seated with people uh, who I don't know, who might know each other, so on, that... uh, not real thrilled about it. Uh, you know, I, I function, but I, I'm assuming that that's not what's what social anxiety is, that there's a, a discomfort level, or is it? But what what is social anxiety? Yeah, so social anxiety is simply the fear of speaking to others. And that could be on any level. It could be just talking to one person, or it could be talking to thousands. And it's a spectrum. So you could be all the way at one end and be, you know, not super afraid of any situation, but you can still have fear surrounding certain engagements. But where I see the the kind of catalyst point where people want to overcome it is when it prevents you from living your life, when it prevents you from talking to those people that you do want to talk to when it prevents you from succeeding in school or work or having great relationships, that's really the point where you can identify and say, this is holding me back in my life and I want to get better so I can live a happier and more fulfilled life in the process. So though I think anybody falls on that spectrum, there is kind of a a definitive point where it becomes negative. It's a negative impact in your life. And overcoming it can give you a profound impact in not only your happiness and your self-worth, but so many other facets facets of your life as well. So anyone can get better at speaking and anyone can start to alleviate those fears, but it's really the most profound for people who are being held back because of their fear. So uh, I I don't know how how far you looked at this or how much you want to share, but um, do you know why you were so extremely anxious as a child? I think it's a combination of things, you know, being able to reflect on my life in a way that I can understand those different points, like in sixth grade with, you know, overcoming that initial understanding of, I want to get better. I think it was a combination of things. I wasn't a very popular child. I was bullied and, you know, I was picked on. So a lot of those events in your childhood reinforce negative feelings around interacting with other people. When you go up and you talk to your your classmates and they, you know, tease you or they make fun of you, obviously you don't want to do that again. So it reinforces those negative feelings. So I think it was many situations throughout adolescence that built up that extreme fear of talking to others. So I don't know if it was one definitive moment, 
but it was definitely a combination of, of moments with my peers, my teachers and, uh, and other, other kids. And you, just like so many other things, you pointed out that social anxiety tends to be on a spectrum. So when, when do you know that you've got it as, you know, a real problem for yourself where you may want to get your book, get more specific help, uh, read lots of things or, or whatever. How, uh, again, I, I assume that if everybody has it to some extent, there's some tipping point where it can become a, an issue. Uh, and how do you recognize that? Yeah, the point is when it prevents you from doing things in your life. So if you want to go ask that person out that you like, but your anxiety prevents you from doing so, that is a moment where you can say, hey, maybe maybe this is a bit too far. Because everyone feels nervous before they do that, but it's if it prevents you from doing it. Or if you get volunteered at work to give a presentation and you say, no, no, someone else should do it. That could also be a moment. So when it begins to impede on your life and being able to go into those interactions, that's when it that's when it becomes more of a problem than just having a little bit of fear, but still doing it. Mm-hmm. Everyone feels that fear. It's when it prevents you from doing that that action. So giving that speech, talking to that person, that it really becomes a problem. So the person who volunteers to give the speech but may feel a little bit nervous before once once they get up there is not is not experiencing debilitating social anxiety the way that the person is who doesn't even let him or her be in that situation in the first place. Absolutely. You know, much like many other phobias, you know, there are plenty of people who are afraid of heights, but they'll still go up in a tall building. They'll still fly on an airplane, but there are people who are so crippled by the fear of heights that they can't go in an elevator. They can't go on an airplane. Though it's the same root fear, it's different levels. And you you should understand when it's a problem and when it's a normal fear to have. Okay. That's great to, to, to know. And obviously I think some of the things that that you've learned are, are probably some of the basis for, for your book, uh, Don't Shut Up. Don't want you to uh, take a whole lot of pages and, and distill it, but are, are there some general principles that we should be aware of that we can gain from uh, what you've learned over time? Absolutely. So the, the book is broken down into three sections, personal interactions, business interactions, and public interactions. And I break it down that way because you really should learn how to communicate with one person before you can effectively communicate to hundreds or even thousands. So understanding that it's okay to take it in small chunks. You don't have to overcome all your anxiety all at once. You can can do it slowly. You can do it in stages. And that's why I break the book down that way. And a lot of it comes down to practice, being able to go out and practice those interactions just like anything else, the more you this, the better you will get and the less fear you will have. You know, you were talking about how you like to go skiing now, but the thought of going skiing before was a bit frightening, but you don't have that same fear anymore. It's because you've allowed yourself to practice. 
your body adjusts, you get that muscle memory. The same thing happens with speaking. So when you start small and you practice just friendly conversations with one other person, then you move up to maybe five or six people. And eventually you move into maybe small groups of 10 or more. Eventually you work your way up and you're speaking in front of a hundred people before you know it. So being able to break it down into small sections and give yourself the ability to practice are, are really the biggest tips I have to start out, you know, understanding that it's okay to start small and it's okay to practice. Well, one of the uh, most difficult jobs for uh, that exists is that of being a parent. And we've got a certain percentage of our listeners who are parents of young children. Are there particular hints that you might be able to give them in terms of raising a child who is, if not guaranteed, less likely to be a socially anxious youngster and and a socially anxious adult. Absolutely. So a lot of it begins with putting that child into activities that will socialize them, you know, and start small. Like we were talking about just a little bit ago, it's okay to start out in smaller groups. And by doing so, you can begin to reinforce positive feelings around speaking to others. So the more positive feelings they have in their childhood when communicating with their peers, the better they will have an outlook on speaking to others as an adult. So putting them into extracurricular activities, things that they enjoy. Maybe they don't love sports, but they love you know reading. If there's a book club, maybe they can join that. Or if they love playing an instrument, being able to begin to socialize those kids and give those positive memories and associations with their peers will go a long way in instilling a more confident adult who doesn't have those same feelings. So that would that would be a big part of being able to have that child be acclimated to their peers and eventually, you know, be a fully confident adult. Great advice. Thank you for it. Another uh, sizable group of listeners are at the other end of the age spectrum. And one of the things that always annoys me, or perhaps more than annoys, is when whatever we're talking about, exercise, changing eating habits or whatever, people saying that, well, I've done this all my life and, uh, you know, I, I can't change now. What if somebody has been socially anxious all their lives? Is, is there a, a point beyond which they can't change or are the principles you teach uh, applicable, uh, you know, throughout the age range? Absolutely. Anyone of any age can begin the process to overcome their social anxiety. I have seen kids as young as six or seven have spurts of confidence and newfound you know, freedom overcoming their anxiety. And I've also seen older people, even up into their elderly age, plus 70 years old, gaining a lot from even just improving a little bit. Being able to speak to others is an asset that is valuable at any age. It's the people and connections that you make around you that really make life worth living. And you're never too old or too young to start making those connections. Yeah, great, uh, great advice. The, uh, you know, the, the reality is that one of the things that makes us human is and, and has contributed to the survival of our species is the way that we can be socially connected. And uh, certainly 
I think it's one of the things that that people need to always be conscious of doing more of and almost by definition that can reduce social anxiety. I'm wondering as a psychologist, uh, one of the, well, probably the, the, the two major things that we deal with over time is anxiety of, of various types and depression. Is there any link between uh, social anxiety and depression? Absolutely. And I've actually dealt with that myself. So along with having severe social anxiety throughout my life, I've also always had some underlying depression. And like many cases of depression, it, it ebbs and it flows. But I find that the points where I have the highest levels of depression are the times in my life when I'm the most silent. You know, really, when you're not talking to others, when you're not expressing your feelings and talking about the thoughts that you're having, you begin to reinforce negative ideas about yourself. And you kind of go into this spiral because the only voice that you're hearing is your own. And you can begin to escalate your own depression because you're not talking to anyone else. You know, I had a really bad depressive episode in 2015, 2016. And I was, you know, a professional speaker at the time, speaking to thousands of people, but I was still afraid to go and talk to a therapist about my feelings. So nobody knew that I was having these very dark thoughts and was very negative about myself because all they saw was this super confident individual out on stage. But inside, I knew that there was something else wrong. So I, again, made the decision at another turning point in my life to begin to overcome the social anxiety of talking about my feelings, opening up to someone, because that's a very vulnerable state. So there can be really strong feelings of anxiety around it. So being able to overcome that social anxiety in a new way, to go and talk to a therapist for the first time in my life, was so profound. Because the second that I did, after having those sessions, talking to the therapist, talking to my friends and my family about how I was feeling, they began to reinforce positive feelings for myself because they said, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those things that you feel, they're normal. They're, they're normal feelings to have. And you do have value. You are important. And beginning to have those conversations really allowed me to overcome a lot of that depression as well. So I see a strong link between social anxiety and depression, because when you feel like you can't open up to other people, when you don't have those close relationships, those feelings of depression are only heightened. And, uh, you know, there's so many great scientific studies to back that up, that the more you open up to other people, the more relationships you have, the less depression you'll feel. Well, the that makes perfect sense to me as, as a therapist. Uh, thank you for the kind words around that topic. And certainly reading a book on the subject and seeing a therapist, the two things are not mutually exclusive depending on where you are and where the problems are. So uh, while we've, we've touched on it, I don't think you've uh, told us where you can get the book. What might somebody come away with having, you know, read the book and then where can they go about getting it? Yeah. So I think the main takeaway from the book is to 
be able to at least begin that journey. And there are so many great tips in that book that even if you take away just a couple, you will be way more confident and way, way more ready to enter the world with your newfound voice. So, you know, don't feel discouraged if you go through the book once and, you know, you don't feel instantly perfect because it's, it's a process and this might be the first step. Mm-hmm. So even if, even if it's just the first step along your journey, it's, it's a great place to start. Uh, you can get the book on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, and Kindle. It's available in paperback, hardcover, the audiobook if you want to hear me read it to you, or the digital Kindle version as well. Okay, so nobody has an excuse for, for not getting it because they don't like to read or they don't uh, like to listen or they don't uh, like books on a computer or their phone or stuff like that. There are all kinds of versions available to you. And certainly the importance, the, the, the quality of life difference between being socially anxious and being socially confident, you know, is, is tremendous. And again, there is a spectrum of this. And to the extent that where, wherever you are on the spectrum, reading the book and implementing some of those wonderful ideas will put you further along in the direction of self-confidence. So strongly recommend it. And uh, we'll have all the information on uh, in the show notes on where you can get it in the various formats and things of that nature. But again, there, there's really no excuse in this day and age to maintain stuckness at, at a socially anxious place. What about, uh, aside from the book, are, are you out uh, in, in the world in other ways? Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners may hire speakers, but if they, uh, if they do, how do they get in touch with you? Or do you have a website with other information? Or what do you do when you're not talking to me or giving public speaks? Uh, speeches or writing books. <laughs> yeah. So I do uh, personal coaching. And if you need to book me for an event, if you want me as a keynote speaker, or just to talk about social anxiety uh, and how to overcome it to your company or at your conference, be more than happy to do so. Uh, you can reach me at my website, thespeechadvisor.com. And that's going to allow you to uh, either Uh, book me for personal coaching or training. You can book me to uh, speak at your event or even for corporate trainings as well. Uh, You can follow me on LinkedIn if you want to see where I'm going to be, what conferences I'm going to be speaking at, or if you just want to stay up to date on any of the new latest tips that I have surrounding social anxiety. Well, that's, uh, that's great. And we, again, we'll have all this information in the show notes. I don't know if we've ever had a guest who has been able to uh, kind of demonstrate while we're talking uh, how well they've mastered what what they've set out to master. It's pretty hard for anybody to listen to this podcast and not say, hey, this is a guy who is not particularly uncomfortable about speaking. So, uh, and this, this may be somebody who can help me to overcome social anxiety or make me at least less anxious about, you know, this very important aspect of uh, human 
uh, involvement, namely, you know, being able to speak comfortably with other human beings, which enables others to experience the best versions of ourselves, which they can't experience if, if we're not sharing it. So, I mean, this has been real, real practical, wonderful advice. And Marcus, I'm just, you know, really thrilled that, that you were able to come on, tell us all of your stuff, and that you've got this wonderful book that shares this information with the public. So I'm grateful. Thanks a whole lot. And uh, looking forward to uh, connecting with you in the future. Thank you so much. And so this brings to the close another episode of Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. And we've been very fortunate to be talking with Marcus Bales, teaching us how to not shut up and to experience our humanness in a particular way that we can't do if we are socially, if we're experiencing social anxiety. And again, hopefully you'll be reaching out to him personally, as well as reading his book, gaining all the information. And uh, of course, as Marcus indicated, for those of you who find it to be particularly debilitating or associated with depression too, therapy is an important uh, adjunct to the development of your life. And so I hope you will tell your friends about this episode, that you'll download, rate, and review it, and be back next week for another interesting guest who will help us lead our own lives enthusiastically. Until then, this is Dr. Ron Kaiser signing off, encouraging you to have a good week, stay safe, and look forward to talking with you again soon.